Hi, my name's Tim. Tim Sutterth, if you haven't met me before. Um, I was born in a Christian family and was taught at an early age that uh, about Christ and the general church information. Um, I'm told that I was that I prayed a prayer of salvation even before I even remember it. Don't remember it now. Um, it convinced mom and dad, though. We're going to get to that, I guess. Um, someone else's faith or what they tell you you did is never good enough. Um, you should always make sure that you know for sure. You should always, if you, if you have to, do it again, you know, and re- so that you can remember it yourself. Um, I was homeschooled growing up, and my dad said one day, son, you're too big and too old for Dr. Seuss books. And he plopped the Bible down in front of me and said, read it. And I cried. Because there were so many words, and they were so little. And um, But I can read now. So it worked. Um, but I can't say that it sticks, because... You know, Bible reading is something that I haven't done as well as I should. Um, and uh, 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 Pastor Jason was talking about that on Facebook earlier this week. Um, so that's something I want to take part in and try to do better on. Um, <clears throat> later on, at a church lake event, this was in South Carolina, um, I remember the pastor calling out, who hasn't been baptized yet? And um, I went ahead and did it. I had a basic understanding of what was going on. Um, or did I? You see, the word of God is like a two-edged sword, and I had yet experienced the flat, or maybe the leading edge of the blade. When the pastor preached, I was the one who thought, Thank God I am not that sinner over there. I'm not like that sinner over there. Flash forward a few years. um, There was a big church division and we escaped that and came up to Roxborough. And um, we were invited here to Westwood. Uh, Here I found a church that was rooted deeply. I found a leadership who preached out of the Word in context rather than preaching meaning into the Word. Now every sermon, chapter, and verse was gunning for me. A properly wielded sword is thrust with great violence. It is decisive and fatal to the recipient. Hebrews 4.12 For the word of God For the word of God is living and active sharper than any two-edged sword piercing the division to the division of soul and spirit of joints and of marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of our heart. Because of this, I became increasingly aware of my sin. Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful of all things. Desperately wicked. I, the Lord, search the heart, or who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. I have come to understand 
we have failed to live up to God's glorious standard of righteousness. No one is good, not one. We owe a massive sin debt that we could never pay. The punishment for that is death. An eternal separation from God accepting perhaps His wrath. There is no way to tip the scales of justice by our good works. There's nothing we can do to make up for what we've done. All we can do is write bad checks because our account is zero. And that's breaking the law too. Romans 5.8 Barely, very rarely falling in him. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love for us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God sent His Son, Jesus, to die in our places. Though through His death on the cross and resurrection, He has taken our curse of sin upon Himself, and His righteousness is applied to our accounts. No more bad checks, because the debt is paid in full. Now we are saved by faith in Christ. If we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised Him from the dead, then we will be saved. And I believe this. Isaiah 1.18 Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though our sins, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. So don't wait. Don't wait to decide to put your faith and trust in Christ. The Lord is sovereign over all things. He's sovereign over your very next breath. And you might not get another one if He decides it. That's all I've got. Thank you, Jim. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing Hymn of Heaven. Susan? Yes, I messed up a while ago. Um, the, the passage in, in Timothy says that deacons are to hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. It really means they, they need to understand the faith. He just preached the gospel, didn't he? Thank you, Tim. Thank you. Let's stand together and sing.
on that day we join the resurrection and stand beside the heroes of the faith with one voice a thousand guys that have been on and Tim that was that was great I don't know how to follow it up but um but I've been praying the past couple of days that God will just calm my nerves while I'm up here today I don't speak in front of a whole lot of people uh, we'll see how that goes I, I do understand that I'm not up here for myself to bring attention to myself or to try to impress anyone um but it's just ultimately to praise and glorify God. And so my hope is to fight through these nerves so that can be done. Um, so I'll start by introducing myself and my family, for those who don't know us. Um, I'm Travis Vaughn. Um, my lovely and beautiful wife, Hannah, and our three boys are sitting back there. Um, Hannah and I, we, <clears throat> we choose to love each other every day. We understand that love is a choice. Um, God was looking out for me when he brought Hannah into my life. I, without a doubt, married up. Uh, amen. <laughs> um, we, our love is grounded in Christ, and we, we know for it to grow and to prosper. It has to be that way, um, and we want that to be an example to our kids. Um, our kids are Easton, Anderson, and Dawson. Easton will be five in just a couple short weeks. Um, <laughs> you... He, he loves to play outside, um, ride his bikes and scooters, spend some time with his cousins who are all back there. Um, we, um, we're constantly holding our breath and on the edge of our seats because he's a daredevil. Um, it's, it's hoping that when he gets hurt, it won't be too bad. It's not if he'll get hurt. Um, but anyway, uh, Anderson's three. He loves to play outside, ride his power wheels, trucks, loves, loves hot wheels, uh, tries to keep up with his big brother. Um, and possibly one of his favorite pastimes is watching Blaze and the Monster Machines, for those that are familiar with that show. Um, Dawson, he's our youngest, uh, five months, but he is on track to be our biggest. Uh, he's an overall happy and great baby. Uh, unless he's hungry, then watch out. Uh, so we look forward to seeing what God has planned in their life. We routinely, routinely pray that God will guide us and direct us along our parenting journey. Um, it's our desire to raise our children to love and fear God and to know Jesus, to love others as they do themselves, and to just let their light shine bright in this dark world. Uh, we ask that you guys would pray for us in that way, um, with us and for us. Uh, we greatly appreciate that. 
Uh, so we're asked to share a brief te- testimony. I'll try to be brief. Um, I'm fortunate to have a mother that believes in Christ and saw it important that her children were in church. We attended here at Westwood for a good portion of my childhood. Uh, when Hannah and I came back to Westwood about five years ago, it was really cool to see so many of the same familiar faces. And, of course, to see Pastor Gerald and Pastor JT still leading the church. Um, when I attended as a child, I was involved in the children's ministry. It was during that time that I began to learn about the gospel and uh, started my personal relationship with Christ. I professed my faith to the congregation. Gerald baptized me right up there. Um, I remember meeting Gerald down front after his sermon one Sunday morning in the old sanctuary. Uh, I let him know I'd accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior of my life and was ready to be baptized. He took time to express his excitement for me, to pray for me, and encourage me during that time of invitation. Uh, Just a fun, useless fact, I did that in the old sanctuary, but I was baptized here in the new sanctuary. Um, So he waited a little while before he dunked me, I guess. Uh, Some time went by, and my family and I found ourselves spending time in Virgilina, um, when I say my family, that would be my mom, my sister, and I. Um, that was my mom's hometown. We tor- attended North Fork Baptist in Virgilina for a while, and then sometime later uh, found ourselves at Somerset Baptist here in Roxborough. I attended Somerset during my middle school years. Uh, I was plugged into the youth program there where the foundation of my faith continued to grow through weekly meetings and occasional camps and retreats. Each of those things allowed for time in Scripture songs of worship and fellowship amongst believers, leading to personal growth. Uh, it was Hannah and I started dating in high school, uh, and it was at that time that I started attending church with her and her family at Bethlehem Baptist. Uh, the Lord used this time in my life to encourage me and continue to build that foundation of faith. There were so many positive influences and faithful servants at Bethel Hill at a very important time in my life, a time when some of the decisions you make can lead to habits that will affect you for the rest of your life. Um, I'm thankful that God placed me spending so much time with Hannah and her family and with those brothers and sisters at Bethel Hill to influence those decisions. So while at Bethel Hill, Joel Pratcher headed up the youth program. Um, He just has an incredible way of teaching scripture and inspiring you to live your life according to the gospel. Uh, He's touched the lives of so many, including mine and Hannah's. I participated in several outreach opportunities while at Bethel Hill. Uh, like Rebuilding Hope and the firewood ministry they have there at Bethel Hill. I believe it was these opportunities that first showed me that I have a heart to serve the physical needs of others and that meeting the physical needs can lead to opportunities to meet their spiritual needs. Uh, some great people and leaders from that church showed me how good works are a result of faith but not a means of salvation on their own. Uh, Rick, my father-in-law, being one of those leaders, he's just an incredible wealth of knowledge and a tremendous teacher of the word. Uh, these days, my brother-in-law, Nick, and I, we, we hop on, um, in on a Bible study with him every chance we get just to try to soak it all in. A lot of it goes way up here, but we're, we're trying to keep up. Um, so that brings to our college years. Um, Hannah and I both went to NC State. She graduated valedictorian. Me, not so much. <laughs> uh, she has her degree in elementary education. And I'm actually still one semester shy of a nuclear engineering degree. Um, I've experienced firsthand how my plans and God's plans are not always the same. Uh, during our time at State, we were involved with Campus Crusades and attended Starting Point Church. They held services at Mission Valley Movie Theater. Um, it was a cool experience to have church at a movie theater, but that's about all I have to say. Uh, my college years were not a great time of great spiritual growth in pursuing Christ like I should have. It's amazing. Um, it's amazing how no spiritual growth correlates to not being involved and active in a local church. Uh, don't hear me wrong. I know that ultimately it was me that let the things of the world and the idols take priority over my life and my relationship with Christ. But God brought me through it with lessons learned, and I believe I'm right where I'm supposed to be. But God, those are powerful words and words I'm extremely thankful for. Uh, so we moved back to Roxborough after college, despite Hannah saying we never would. We got involved here at Westwood about five years ago and haven't looked back. Being involved, involved here has provided many opportunities to worship, grow, and serve. 
opportunities uh, like co-hosting a life group, uh, participating in the Westwood Greens, meeting some of the individual members' needs, and now serving as a deacon have shown me my heart to serve others once again. Serving others brings fulfillment and joy in my life, and I know that ultimately it's a means of worshiping God and bringing glory to Him. I pray that I and we as a family will continue to do that and to do it with a selfless heart, giving God the glory. Um, so pr- please pray for us in that way, and also pray for our young family. Pray that we as parents will rely on God's wisdom to raise and parent our boys, and pray that God will just work in their lives and show them that the only way to eternal life is through Him. I also pray that my testimony will encourage everyone to stay involved or get involved with local church, life groups, small groups, Sunday school, service projects. They all, they've all been a tremendous opportunity and push in my life to further my relationship with Christ and walk along the narrow path. Sanctification is a process, and we can all use guidance and encouragement along the way. So I've shared how you can think about and pray for us, so please let my family and I know if there's any way that we can serve you or pray for you. We look forward to being able to serve with you in any way that we can. Have a great day and a happy new year. Good morning. And in fairness to JT, I forgot my billfold as I was leaving home this morning, so we ended up not getting here five minutes early as I had planned. <laughs> so anyway, I'll start by asking you to pardon my notes. They are here to help protect you from me rambling on for an hour or so, <laughs> because there's a long story and I had to cut a lot out of it to get this down to a reasonable amount of time. I'd like to start by thanking Gerald in his absence, and the other pastors and the elders for the honor of being selected to serve as a deacon at Westwood Baptist Church. Pat and I are excited to have this opportunity to serve our Lord supporting his ministry at Westwood. We were introduced to Westwood by your participation in the One Day with God ministry. Your spirit and practice of servant leadership was a key, along with the sound biblical teaching now we're exploring, <clears throat> exploring membership and eventually joining Westwood. We are honored to be officially part of that servant leadership team now. And now my abbreviated and condensed story. I am 76, so it's a long story. <laughs> but anyway, I was born into a Christian family in Statesville, as my predecessors here described. I grew up on a small farm in Iredale County, a few miles north of town. We regularly attended Trinity Methodist Church, where I participated in Sunday school and Methodist Youth Fellowship. And I can still hear Uncle Henry singing, heartily singing Amazing Grace off-key at Wednesday night prayer meetings. I don't remember ever not believing in Jesus. I was saved at a revival in the summer of my 14th year, and to the tune of Just As I Am, and baptized by sprinkling shortly thereafter. Not an uncommon story for people from that era of my time. From here, my path with Jesus is more evolution than revolution. I attended Appalachian State Teachers College. You know it is Appalachian State University these days. My dad's parting admonition was, boy, I don't care what you study, but learn how to do something. Excellent advice. (laughs) I offer it to all you young folk now. (laughs) This experience was the first time I had not been in a highly controlled environment. Without going into detail, I explored the limits of my newfound freedom and became lax on church attendance, going to the Boone Methodist Church occasionally. I never really left the Lord, but other things gained in relative importance, especially my devotion to chemistry. Becoming a research chemist became central in my life, perhaps even an obsession, a position it retained with slight modification for the next 40 years. 
To make a long story short, my religious focus was secondary to my career as I attended college, then graduate school, pursued postdoctoral studies, accepted a temporary appointment at NC State, moved on to a temporary and then permanent job at the National Institute of Environmental Health Sciences, and then founded and growing a company. I enjoyed great blessings from the Lord, remained self-centered, and eventually became disillusioned. In retrospect, I was mainly using God as a water boy. Everything else was all about me and my career. I was a member at Orange United Methodist Church in Chapel Hill, where I held a number of officer positions, including chairman of the administrative board, chairman of the stewardships committee, chairman of the staff parish relations committee, membership in the finance committee, and chairmanship of the firewood committee for the annual harvest festival. In my early, in, by the early 1990s, oh, sorry, lift off one thing. In summary, I was a good Christian leader. By the early 1990s, I was discontent and became disillusioned with the Methodist Church, both nationally and locally, and stopped attending church, electing to watch television church services instead. I stumbled into a Sunday morning service broadcast from Martin Road Baptist Church in Raleigh. I remember one sermon the pastor preached on the things that separate us from God. I sat there listening to the sermon, thinking, that's me, repeatedly as he went down his list. I was convicted. At the end of the sermon, he challenged us to earnestly pray that God would remove those things from our lives that separate us from him. I did. My advice is that unless you are prepared to deal with the consequences, you might not want to pray that prayer, because he did. As examples, I no longer have a business, a townhouse at the beach, an offshore fishing boat, a graduate faculty appointment at UNC, and so forth, separating me from God. And I am thankful. During this transition, I started attending the Chapel Hill Bible Church and became active as the church photographer, missions trip, took missions trips to Kenya and Uganda, and began the, began the relationship with one day with God. You might notice these were not leadership positions, these were serving positions. It reflects the change in me that God was rendering as we went through this. However, my real transformation started on Easter weekend, 2006. God has spent the previous decade putting things into position. I just didn't notice it. This weekend is when we learned my wife had colon cancer. Because of the minimal staff at the UNC hospital over the Easter weekend, we had from Friday until the growth was, when the growth was discovered until the following Tuesday when the biopsy results came in to digest what might be happening. We prayed, talked, and resolved three things. Number one, we would be grateful for the time God had given us together. We did not have to do that. Number two, to live each remaining day that we had together with joy and thanksgiving. And number three, to turn the outcome over to God, that is, to accept his will with glad hearts. The following 21 months were a period of great struggle as we fought for Patty's life. It was also a period of great growth in me. I was given the opportunity to care for someone with no real expectation of gaining anything in return. God used that experience to change me in profound ways. Patty showed great courage, deep faith, and peace as, we, as she faced death and is a continuing inspiration. Do we really believe? Then let's act like it. Was repeated many times as one hope after another faded. We experienced peace and joy throughout the journey. There are lots of stories, perhaps for another time. Patty had been raised as an Episcopalian and never baptized as an adult. She and I were immersed as our parting act at the Chapel Hill Bible Church. 
At Patty's request, we spent the final few months of her life at her parents' home on the shore of Lake Lure in the North Carolina mountains. Not a bad place to be, actually. After her passing, her mother Katie was selecting music for Patty's memorial service while I was in the basement working on an expert report for an ongoing lawsuit. Katie stopped me when I came upstairs and asked that I help select the music. Rebecca, one of Patty's nieces, was standing by the picture window that overlooks the lake. She started singing on the wings of an eagle. Just as she started the chorus, an eagle appeared on the left edge of that window and flew straight down the lake, 50 feet off the surface. Whoosh, swoosh. You could see the power of his wings. God spoke to me then. He spoke to my heart. And I knew three things immediately. First of all, this was all true. Secondly, that Patty was with Jesus in heaven. And third, she got a hero's welcome. That was the second of three highly unlikely events that occurred at this point in my life, this time in my life. I do not have the time to share the other two, but I will repeat. It is all true. If you have not turned your life over to Jesus... Right now is the best time you have remaining. Patty and I were partners in the deepest sense of the word. I missed her more than I can describe. The adjustment to her absence was difficult. Strangely, though, I have never felt sadness over my loss. I know that she is with Jesus in perfect happiness. What more could I ever ask for one I love? What would I take in exchange for that? Had we not started this part of our journey together on the basis of gratitude for what God had already given us, thankfulness for blessings we were yet to receive, and complete submission to his will, I am certain that our 21 months of peace and joy would have been replaced with ones of fear and frustration. I would now be a bitter, lonely old man. Such is the peace of God, which indeed does surpass all human understanding. God has since placed another wonderful partner in my life. The story of God's love and providence that is too long for today. It is my honor and pleasure to serve the Lord in partnership with Pat. And I ask that you pray for us as we go into this, that God will continue to guide and direct us in his will, and we will be submissive and follow his instructions. May God grant us all his grace and peace, and thank you for your attention. Amen. Let's stand together and sing, Let It Be Said of Us.
got two more guys to share. These are um, uh, guys that have served before as deacons. Uh, we are reaffirming that this morning. Uh, they have committed to serve again. Somebody called them their warmed over deacons. Um, uh, recycled, I don't know. Anyway, John. I did ask my family to come up with me because it's not only me that are serving, but it's my family is serving as well. So uh, those of you that don't know who I am, uh, I'm John Dotson. This is my wife, Michelle, and my daughter, Amanda, and my son, Zach. Uh, we've been members here um, almost 20 years, which is unbelievable. Uh, time flies. So Travis and, and, your, and your little ones, time flies. It, it, it was just yesterday I was holding my son just like you are, so or it seems like it anyway. Um, but uh, So anyway, just a little bit about, about me and who I am and, uh, and, and how I came here. Uh, we, I was born in Pennsylvania. Uh, both my wife and I were, were born in Pennsylvania. A little fun fact is we were actually next-door neighbors. Uh, so I, I married the girl next door, you could say. So... <laughs> But, but, you know, when, when I look back on that, that was God's, God's hand in that more ways than I can ever count. Uh, so so that there, there's, there's God. I, I can just see God working there in, in more ways than, 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 than I, can, I have time to share. Um, but I was baptized and raised in the Catholic Church. And, and we remained Catholic, and I remained Catholic until we moved here to North Carolina roughly 23 years ago. Um, church was something we did as a Catholic. My dad, both, both my parents were uh, are, are godly people, and I'm thankful for that because I, I definitely have a, a godly example in my life, both my dad and my mom. Um, but church as, as, a, as a kid was just something we did. Um, uh, it, it, it didn't, I didn't really have a relationship with God. It was just something we did every Sunday. Um, but, but when my wife and I moved here, we immediately started attending a church where my aunt and my uncle were members, which was not a Catholic church. Uh, however, after a few years, God, be, God began to show us things that the church was doing that was not according to his word. So was, we then began to search for a new church and, and visited many and even rethinking our departure of the Catholic church. But everywhere we visited, we never really felt like we were welcome there and, and never really really felt a connection. Uh, so at the time, I was, I was working with Newman Gunter, uh, and, and he invited us to visit Westwood. We had never considered a Baptist church, uh, but my wife was pregnant with our first child, our daughter Amanda, and we really wanted to find a church family. So we visited Westwood, and we really felt like we were welcomed here. I don't, re I don't remember the sermon that Gerald preached, but what I do remember about Gerald is he, he came and he visited us at our home. Um, it was that same week, and he, he showed up um, in a black T-shirt. He, he, I thought he was going to beat me up <laughs> because, you know, I'm, he still might, and that's okay. And, and, but, you know, growing, growing up Catholic... I was used to the priest wearing, you know, the, the, the priestly stuff. And so when Gerald shows up in this black T-shirt and jeans, I'm like, oh, boy. Um, so, but it was a good thing. It, re it really was. So, um, hold on, I've lost my place. So I, I, I wrote this down to read it, and so I wouldn't, but anyway. Um, let me find my place. Uh, I, I don't remember the sermon that, G, that, that Gerald preached that day, but I remember not ever hearing God's word preached that way. And, and what really struck us, and me and, and us, was the sound of Bible pages turning. I, I grew up as, as in the church we grew up. They, they didn't. I never heard that. But here, you, you, even even today, you hear people turning pages in the Bible. They're engaged. That, that's that's really cool. Um, but, sorry, um, so, but, 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 hold on, I'm, I'm trying, I should have made these pages bigger, 
So, and I need to take my glasses off because I can't see. Um, but that was something we'd never experienced before, and I really felt convicted of the need for God's presence in my life. After several weeks, we had really felt this is where God called us to. Every Sunday, I felt more and more convicted that I was missing something. My wife was about to give birth to our daughter, and I felt really empty and really scared. And this was also right after the 9-11 attacks. And my dad had called me, and I'll never forget the phone call. And, and he said, son, that I was praying, he was praying for me, and that he wanted to make sure that he's seen all his kids in heaven. That, that hit me like, like somebody had shot me in the, in the chest. And that's when I realized that it wasn't just the church I needed, but it was Jesus himself that was, that was what I needed. Jesus needed to be the center of my life, our family, and our home. And after several months, my wife and I were baptized here at Westwood together. One of the things that God has really showed me through this pandemic, this, this COVID pandemic, was my desire to serve people uh, in any way I can, whether, whether it's cutting trees, whether it's stacking lumber, whatever, whatever is needed. Uh, I, I feel like that's, that's my, I, I want to serve and, and I, I want to do it in any way I can. So I'm, I'm very excited and look forward to, to, to how God will use me to point others towards him. So please pray that I will be a faithful servant and serve well. I've asked my family to stand up here with me today because so much of who God has made me has been done through, through my role as a husband and a father. And I believe this calling is not only for me, but for us as a family. Please pray, for, please pray that my wife and I are open to what God has for us in this role, that we will continue to look to him in all things, and that our family will be Christ's light to others in a dark world. Thanks. morning. For anyone who doesn't, who doesn't know me, I'm Newman Gunter. Uh, my wife is Jennifer Gunter. She serves as treasurer here at Westwood and current uh, leader of uh, American Heritage Girls. I can't see people like I was hoping I'd be able to. Anyway, that'll maybe make more sense as I go. Um, let's pray. Oh, that's good. Um, anyway, my, I wrote mine big so I could possibly read it. I still may lose my place, but... Uh, anyway, um, where to start? So we've been here at Westwood over 25 years. Uh, what you've already heard up here, um, um, mine's not going to exactly look like a testimony. It's going to go through a few other other things that I've experienced while here um, at Westwood these many um, many years. So to start off with, um, my family and my Sunday school class would be disappointed if I didn't reference a song. So i got to reference a song to start with. Uh, the song that I, um, that I decided to go with today, to begin with, was Casting Crowns. It says, We are the body, and it's from James 2, 1 through 9. I hope my voice isn't as jittery as it sounds. Uh, do I have to? Okay. Can you all hear me okay? No? All right, all right. So uh, the song is Casting Crowns, uh, from Casting Crowns, is If We Are the Body. It says, If We Are the Body... Why aren't our arms reaching? Why aren't our hands healing? Why aren't our words teaching? And if we are the body, why aren't our feet going? Why is his love not showing them there is a way? Jesus is the way. So we initially were invited years ago to Westwood um, by a friend who has since moved to, uh, to a different town. She's talked about Westwood and how much she enjoyed being a part of the church. And so we decided that we would, we would come and see. We um, we'd been going to a church and just wasn't wasn't comfortable there. We came to Westwood, and uh, we began at that point in time. We were in the old um, the original sanctuary. There was an uh, early service and a, and a normal service, and we would come to the early service. We would come to the early service with all the people from Leesburg. So I don't know how many, but 
there, I'm sure there's still a lot of Leesburg fans here. So, um, but still, we, we still continue to come. So, they, while there, we, we met Gerald. Um, Gerald preached differently than other pastors that we had heard in, in the past. Um, one thing was the length of time. That was, um, that was really something new to us. Fifteen minutes and we were, we were ready to go. So, um, but then, on top of that, we, we, we met this young man named JT, and he just loved to sing. He loved to sing, he loved to hug people, and he loved to tickle children. We didn't have children at that point in time, so that part we kind of we missed out on at that point. But soon after, um, after visiting um, Westwood, two couples came to our home. They thanked us for, our, for visiting Westwood. They asked us if we had any questions. Um, they encouraged us to become involved in what was going on. So um, we continued to come. We got involved in a Sunday school class. Um, here's the point in which I have to have my tissue. Uh, hopefully I'll do okay. Um, we met a lady named Terry Miner. Uh, some of y'all may remember her. Um, she's, it's been a long time. So, uh, Terry was teaching a Sunday school class and it was on couples. And Terry just impressed me because she walked and talked and lived a life that loved Christ. She didn't talk about Christ. She lived her life that way. And that's, that was something so different in what I'd seen her her obedience to God made, made Jennifer and I look at the way we viewed our walk in our life. And we began to change through that. Um, after a few years, uh, Terry and her, her family moved um, to, back to Alabama where they were originally from. And from there, um, Terry came, became ill with um, cancer her second time from what I remember. And we went down, I remember at her funeral, uh, one of the things I remember, she was only 39 years old, and a whole caravan of people from Westwood went down to her funeral in Alabama. Cheryl was one of the speakers, and Jonathan, I don't know how he did it. He stood up in front of the congregation with a whole row of Westwoodians, and he sang a song. And I mean, we were all bawling, and Jonathan was singing. It was, it was a wonderful homecoming, but that just resonated with me so much. Over the years here at Westwood, we've met many wonderful people, interacted with, with different ones that have encouraged us through our time. Um, I've enjoyed seeing so many missionaries come up here on stage and talk about what they've been doing, how they've been going, how they've been showing others the way all throughout our time here at Westwood. Uh, we've been encouraged in so many ways. We've just um, seen God's faithfulness in our own lives and the lives of others. Uh, God has blessed us with two healthy, unique children, and just the people who have poured into their lives all of these years has meant uh, so much to us. So that brings me to Jason. Jason Engel. What have I learned through Jason Engel, right? So some things, and he may not have all the credit for these, but these are the things that, that come to mind. Being, first of all, grounded and growing and going. Is that... Is that yours or so a group effort? That was ours. Okay. So then he had to ask me this real, not only me, but others, this real important question. Do you really believe what you say believe, you believe is really real? I think that came from Dale Tackett, right? I believe it was. Right? And so then we move from there. We go to know, be, and do. Man, it's all these things that we've got to do. We can't just, we can't just act like it. We've got to actually do it. You know, we can't just talk about it. And then Jason came up. And came out with this idea of being authentic. And that was before authentic became, had a whole new meaning. But it's just to see Jason, his passion, uh, just along with Gerald and Jonathan, has really just been so encouraging to us in, in our walk of life. And just, um, I can remember the kids coming home and um, having books that Jason's recommended them read. And I sit down and start reading. I go, man, I don't understand this stuff. But so they kind of they lead me along. So as they've grown older, they're um, they've been we've been talking together, and that's been a really a really neat thing to see. So um, throughout our time here, uh, I think about um, times of being held accountable. Uh, there's been several situations in which I'm extremely thankful for that people cared enough about me to call me out to actually have me come into their office, I can't see without these, um, to come into their office and talk about a situation and truly love on me enough to actually share 
what is going on and how um, they were seeing me walk out of step. I'm so thankful for that. Um, And then just hearing others being open and honest in different meetings uh, as we've been with, I've been a part of men's groups and just co-leading a a Sunday school class. And um, along with that, just the whole learning process that, that is here. Learning words like exegesis, propitiation, hermeneutics. And, and here recently, this thing called premillennial, amillennial, postmillennial, dispensationalist. What do they mean? I have not a clue. But I keep hearing about them, so I'm hoping that sooner or later they'll, they'll sink in. So uh, of all this time, I think about, um, has this been a blissful fairy tale? No. Not by any means. But it's been honest. It's been true. Just like Gerald has been standing up, preaching to us and talking about he loves the way that the Bible is so real. It's, it's good things and bad things. It doesn't leave things out just because they aren't pretty, because they don't look lovely, um, because they don't begin once upon a time. Um, it's, it's still there. And that's, that's the way it is with my life. It's not a, it's not a blissful fairy tale. But... Um, you know, just like Scripture is. And um, so try to end this. Um, uh, the last thing I'll say, I have, to, I have to make a Shaolin reference. It's just where I am at this point. Um, but Shaolin has a song that says, Were You There? And it talks about Jesus when he was crucified. One of the parts of the song says, um, Do you see your face in the crowd of people yelling, Crucify? If not, you're missing the point. At the end of the song, he talks about seeing himself there. And for years and years, I walked my life, and I thought about all those people that were yelling, crucify, crucify, while I was standing out there on the outside of that ring. And so as going through, through my life, being a part of Westwood, experiencing life with other members here at Westwood, I see myself in the crowd yelling, crucify him, crucify him. And so... I end with this of just asking, how can you pray for us? Um, Ask that you would just pray that that I would continue to walk with Christ and that Jennifer and I would be able to encourage others as many of you have encouraged us all these years. Thank you. I'm going to ask the five guys uh, if you would come up and stand across the front here. We're going to have a time of prayer for these guys, and uh, I'm not going to do what I want to do, Newman, which is, you know, have everybody hug everybody. Um, we, uh, I would like to ask if, um, if one deacon or elder or pastor would come and stand behind these guys and just put your hand on their shoulder. Come on, guys, don't be shy. Somebody, there's, we got a couple here. I need a couple more. Thank you, Mark. All right, it's okay if we got two. That's good. But Travis desperately needs somebody to pray for him. (laughs) Okay, all right, all right. (laughs) Let's uh, let's spend a few minutes praying for these these men. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the testimonies we've heard. How good and how faithful you have been to these men. Lord, we thank you for, at the right time, showing them their sinfulness and their need for a Savior. Lord, we thank you. They trusted you and know you and have walked with you. Lord, they have seen They have seen your hand at work through the good and the bad. They've seen your faithfulness through the difficulty and the good. And Lord, I thank you, especially uh, for most of these guys, the opportunity we've had as a church family to walk with them and do life together. You are. So good. Lord, we thank you for the Christ likeness that we see 
the humility, the meekness, but yet even then still, Lord, the boldness. Lord, we thank you for their understanding of the gospel, the grasp of the gospel. Lord, we pray that you would use it, Lord, that they would speak the truth of the gospel, that they would live the gospel. And Lord, as they serve this body, they will inspire an atmosphere of service. Lord, that we would serve and love one another and help one another. Lord, grow every day to be more and more like you. Lord, that we would be speaking the word into each other's lives and spurring one another on to love and good works. Lord, that we would be more and more a reflection of you and your goodness and your grace, Lord, as we do life together, as we reflect you to this community and to the ends of the world, to the ends of the, the earth, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us to be about the gospel. Help us to be about building your kingdom in our homes, in your church family here, and in this community, and to the ends of the earth. That's the calling that you put on all of us. The Lord, specifically for these men and their wives, Lord, we thank you for their, their willingness to serve. Lord, we pray that you'd bless them, use them, and bless this church through them. And build your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's close by standing and singing together. O church, arise. Church, arise and put your armor on. Hear the call of Christ our captain. For now the weak can say that they are strong in the strength that God has given. With shield of faith and belt of truth, we'll stand against